0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Pursue peace with everyone
1: and holiness, and by doing so you preempt bitterness. You don't allow the seed of bitterness to be met with the supple soil of resentment in your heart.
0: It's Stopping it before it starts. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor JD Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor JD is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Have you ever found yourself being bitter? You could be bitter at a person or a situation, but bitterness is a seed that will grow into something ugly. In today's message, Pastor JD will be sharing about how we can deal with bitterness early on so it doesn't grow. One of the things that keeps us from being bitter is holiness. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: We're currently in this amazing book of Hebrews. And today's text is chapter 12, beginning in verse 14. We're going to pick it up where we left off last in verse 13. Lord willing, we'll make it through to verse 17. So as I read the text, beginning in verse 14, the writer of Hebrews by the Holy Spirit writes, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it, verse 15, that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral, or is godless like Esau, who, for a single meal, sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, verse 17, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected, even though he sought the blessing with tears. He could not change what he had done. Let's pray if you would please join with me. We'll ask God's blessing on our understanding. Loving Heavenly Father, we're keenly aware that unless the Holy Spirit is here present, that we really have no hope of understanding what it is that You desire to speak into our lives in and through your holy word. We need the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you. We need you. Every hour we need you. And Lord, at this time we need you. Because we're a hungry and thirsty and needy people. And only you can satiate that hunger and that thirst and that need that we have. So Lord will you? Lord will you speak in that still, small, refining voice of the Holy Spirit? And as you do Lord, we want to give you our undivided attention, but we need the Holy Spirit even for that, (laughs) so that we don't get distracted and have our minds wander and miss what it is that you want to show us here today in the text that's before us here today. Lord, I know many are here and life's getting very hard (laughs) and stressful and the pressures of life, the cares and the affairs of life are such that this time that we have together in this, your church, represents for us a, a sanctuary, a respite. So Lord, we ask you for your blessing on our time together in your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, been looking forward to what the Lord has for us today. We're going to talk about what is arguably one of the most important truths in all of Scripture, specifically as it relates to bitterness and resentment. Namely, the paramount importance of destroying bitterness, or uprooting bitterness if you prefer, before a root of bitterness grows and ultimately destroys us in the end, and make no mistake about it, it will. So you might find more, but I found three in our text, three ways destroy bitterness, to get it at the root. And interesting because the writer of Hebrews now turns this corner of sorts with a number of exhortations, and I find it very interesting, most interesting actually, that he would start off with this one in particular. In other words, this matter of bitterness taking root in the life of a Christian would rise to the level of the writer of Hebrews inspired by the Holy Spirit to hit it head on. we got to deal with this straight up, because this is dangerous, and this is deadly, and if you don't deal with it, it's just a matter of time. Well, the first one is in verse 14, and it's that of pursuing peace and holiness. Here, the writer is very clear in his exhortation to, and it's very strong in the original, by the way, to make every effort to strive to pursue peace with everyone and holiness. And by doing so, you preempt bitterness. You don't allow the seed of bitterness to be met with the supple soil of resentment in your heart. It's stopping it before it starts. It's creating an environment in your Christian life that is not conducive to bitterness. How do you do that? Well, you pursue, you pursue peace. I know that sounds like a firm grasp of the obvious, but what the writer is emphasizing here is, if you're pursuing that, you can't pursue that too. It's one or the other. Because as the Proverbs say, and I'm paraphrasing it, what you pursue will pursue you. You ever thought about that? And it works both ways, by the way. You pursue righteousness, righteousness pursues you. You pursue unrighteousness, guess what? Unrighteousness pursues you. What you pursue, pursues you. In the original, it carries with it this idea, and keep in mind, the writer of Hebrews has drawn upon this illustration of a runner running the race. And he's just got done writing to them about putting off everything that would slow you down, keep you down, weigh you down, those hindrances. The sin that entangles you and keeps you, not just from winning the race. How about running it? Put it off. Get rid of it. You're in a race to the finish. You're in it to win it, as we say. And you need to pursue this. This needs to be the pursuit that you strive towards. You know how we strive towards a goal? Make this your goal. Pursue this. Pursue what? Peace with everyone. And holiness. Let's talk just a moment about holiness, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to this word, and certainly scriptures like, be ye holy as he is holy, don't help. It's kind of like, you know, and, and by the way, holiness kind of gets a lot of bad. Pr- oh, you're so pure and holy. Wait, I thought I was supposed to be. That's a bad thing? What does it mean to be holy? Well, it means to be set apart for Him. I like to see it and say it this way. To be holy is to be whole. Not half. To be full, full of the Holy Spirit. I know this is again deeply profound. Holiness, Holy Spirit. I know it's, it's deep. <laughs> a, a holy life comes vis-a-vis the Holy Spirit in the life of a Christian. The Christian to be pitied is the one who tries to live a holy life in the energy of their own flesh. It ain't going to happen. Well, you could try. And don't we do that about this time of year? We make our resolutions. (laughs) How's that working out for you? I stopped years ago. Are you kidding me? My New Year's resolution. I don't think I made it till the second. I think it was just the first and then I blew it. So it's kind of like, well, so much for that. But we we strive in the energy of our own flesh to obtain that which can only be obtained by way of the Holy Spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit indwells us and fills us, it empowers us, He empowers us to live the holy life. That's the only way. And then it's also the Holy Spirit in us that propels us to pursue holiness and peace with everyone. Everyone? Yeah. Well, not them. No, them too. They're everyone. I know somebody just came to mind when I said that too. I'm not making peace with them. I'm going to talk about that. Because <laughs> that's when you just let that little itsy bitsy seed of bitterness start to germinate and sprout, and it's not long. In the words of the writer of Hebrews, before you're defiled, translated, destroyed, you let bitterness grow, and that bitter fruit ripen in your heart, it'll eat your lunch and your dinner too. (laughs) Here's the second one in verse 15. I need to explain this one is that of keeping pace with God's grace. Now this is a verse that many misunderstand because at first read it's almost like, wait, you mean I can fall short of the grace of God? Does that mean I can lose my salvation? No, that's not what that means. Well then what's the writer of Hebrews saying here? What he's saying here is, is that you can fall behind lose speed and not be able to keep pace with the grace of God, and no longer as such are you able to keep moving forward. You can't move on. You're holding on to it. You're holding this grudge. You know, we affectionately refer to, well, I'm waiting on the Lord. And that's a good thing, and that's a biblical thing, and that's Understandable. But have you ever thought of it like this? That there are times when the Lord is waiting on you? Come on, JD. What are you doing? You need to catch up. Move on. Or as my wife always tells me, build a bridge and get over it. So, As only a wife can, right? So let's get back to this analogy of the race, okay? So we're pursuing that finish line, the eyes on the prize, the the end zone, if you prefer. And we're pursuing this goal. We're in it to win it. We put off everything that hinders us, slows us, weighs us down, keeps us down. And now you've got this little thing called bitterness that all of a sudden has shown up and now it's slowing me down. And here the pace of God's grace is moving forward, because faithful is He who began that work in me to complete it. We like to say we even have shirts and hats and bumper stickers, you know. I'm a work in progress. Some of you are laughing because you're more work than others, but you know who you are. (laughs) I'll raise my hand to that one. (laughs) But if I'm starting to hold on to this grudge, it's actually holding me. It's holding on to me. If I'm holding on to it, it's holding on to me. And No longer am I eyes on the Lord, as we saw last week, eyes on the prize, keeping your eyes. Again, I think of that, I'll never tire of that Isaiah verse, which we're studying on Thursday nights, by the way. He will keep him in perfect peace, perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. You know, we get our eyes on other people. No wonder we're so bitter and angry, and distressed. You'll forgive me, but I've got to repeat this dorky saying, because this is so true. If your eyes are on self, you're depressed. If your eyes are on others, you're distressed. But if your eyes are on Jesus, you're blessed. That's so true. So here's what happens. I I, want to keep up Keep pace, be in step, but if I'm looking over here and holding on to that grudge over there, well then, it's just a matter of time before not only am I weighed down, I'm slowed down because I've allowed bitterness to take my eyes off the Lord. And now I no longer can keep pace with God's grace. This is this last one that I want to spend the remainder of our time on today because to me it's, uh, how do I say it? This is the number one reason that we in our Christian lives allow a root of bitterness to grow in our lives. It's this perceived injustice. Let go of perceived injustice. This is in verses 16 and 17. Again, very interesting to me that the writer would bring up Esau. Remember him? Fraternal twin brother of Jacob whom he was very bitter towards, by the way. He despised him because of a perceived injustice by him. Could you imagine the rivalry growing up in that home with those two boys? Oh my goodness. Hatred, strife, bitterness, resentment, anger, fighting. I want to make an important distinction here, because it's going to be germane to our understanding of this one truth. There is a distinction between the birthright and the blessing. See, Esau despised the birthright. He wanted the blessing. He wanted the blessing without the birthright. And he had this perceived injustice that his brother Jacob, who, by the way, is the younger brother. That ain't right, as we say. But see, there's this prophecy in Genesis chapter 25, verse 23, that the older would serve the younger. Well, that's anathema, especially in that culture in that day. The firstborn son is the heir apparent, as we would say. He's the one entitled to the birthright and the blessing that comes with it, but not for Esau. He despised it, and he sold it for a meal. And Jacob was, I perceive Jacob to be a very shrewd businessman. I would not like to be on the other end of a negotiation with this guy. Very shrewd. You're hungry, I see, bro. Yeah. You were the firstborn. Yeah, that's right. I'll make you a deal. Boy, have I got a deal for you. And the bitterness and the resentment, he despised his brother. He hated his brother. In fact, when you read on, there's even one account, but by the grace of God, where he was about ready to kill his brother but God would not allow it. Interesting example. I think we would do well when it comes to Scripture to focus in on the examples that are given to us in Scripture. That's why they're there, by the way. I think David's the poster child when it comes to this, right? King David, we're going to talk about him in in a moment. I mean, the sweet psalmist of Israel. A man after God's own heart. But for those of you that were part of our study through 1st and 2nd Samuel, it was a little bit TMI. I didn't want to know that about David. I didn't want to know about, man, adultery, and then he tries to cover it up when she gets pregnant, and then he has her husband killed. I mean, that's like putting a contract out on his life. This is a man after God's own heart we're talking about. This is King David from whom the Savior would come. See, if I'm God, I would, I would have said, you know what? I'm, you're, no, you're fired. I'm going to bring the Savior through a different line, not through David you adulterer, you murderer, because that's what he was. And I mean, you're going through all of this graphic detail about how he plotted and planned. I mean, he actually sent Uriah the Hittite, the husband of Bathsheba with a note to his military commander that was basically his death sentence, because he tried to cover it up. And he, he would have no idea that he carried in his hand a message from King David to Joab, I want you to put Uriah on the front lines, then I want you guys to pull back, and so that he is killed. And it worked. And here's David thinking, well I got away with that, or so he thought. So this goes on, and we know of course, in the account that Nathan the prophet, a type of the Holy Spirit, by the way, comes to David and presents him with a a case to judge. And again, too much information, <laughs> my former hero, King David, <laughs> because he, he's he becomes incensed. How could he? He took the one sheep the guy had. And here he has all these sheep. He needs to be brought forth and put to death. And then Nathan says, David, thou art the man. And he just collapses to the ground.
0: You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor JD's teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of salvation under the resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at kaniohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, kaniohe.com That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Oh,